You can get the best of all worlds by managing things from that perspective, understanding how each macronutrient is necessary, how they affect you, and then you competently manage those variables instead of just grabbing a fad diet off the shelf and saying, well, I'll try this this time. Let's just throw out all fat or let's throw out all carbs or let's do this crazy time-restricted thing. Anytime you put those rigid boundaries on, there is a cost. You're taking one extreme point and there's going to be a cost on the other end. What is up, Fit Farm fam? Welcome to the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. My name is Dr. Adam Martin. I am a practicing pharmacist, nutrition consultant, author, and lover of living life to the fullest. Each episode on the podcast, I will dispense to you an innovator and expert in the world of healthcare so they can share their story, their struggles, and best practice tips to empower you to nail your nutrition, master your mindset, fit in fitness, and take your level of impact to the next level with simple solutions for how to live with passion and purpose. Thank you for spending your time with me today. Now let's discuss how to dispense your full potential. Butter in your coffee, a pound of bacon for breakfast, but no carbs. This is keto, or so you think. One of the most popular diet strategies that has really taken the world by craze is that of ketogenic dieting, or keto for short. Keeping your carbs low and fat high, as well as protein, has been the general structure that a lot of people have adopted into living their daily life to hit their fitness goals, whether that just be to maintain energy or increase their output in the gym. However, there are some caveats that could be going awry in helping you to get your goals with where you want them to end up. So who better to bring back to the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast than the world-leading expert on practical nutrition, Dr. Joe Klemzeski, founder of The Diet Doc LLC. Dr. Joe, thank you so much for being here. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks. It sounds like it's going to be a great topic. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, butter and coffee, what's not to love, right? I don't know. I, I don't drink coffee, so I, I don't. It just sounds kind of gross to me, ma- making <laughs> something that, that sounds horrible even worse. <laughs> so, jumping right into this, can you just give us an overview of what keto is, what ketogenic dieting is, where it came from, and what is it? So, way back in the early 1900s, probably almost exactly 100 years ago now, uh, medical research turned toward carbs or the elimination of carbs for some of the things that we currently know that it works fantastically for, mainly things like epilepsy. Um, It got to be trendy, I think, about the 1950s as they first diet fad. Uh, I remember finding a meme or an article, a newspaper clipping all the way back from the 1950s with a physician talking about how if you just stop eating bread and potatoes, you can lose any amount of weight you want. And and that's really the kind of uh, notoriety that got the attention of Dr. Atkins. And he has certainly recycled that concept uh, two or three times now in his career. And I know uh, he passed away a few years ago, but his work has then uh, used as the foundation of things like South Beach diet and paleo and then as we talked about last time, even most intermittent forms of fasting do a low-carb approach. But to put some boundaries around this, 
there is a pure ketogenic. If you're a keto fundamentalist, you would say that a ketogenic diet is, is high fat. And I mean 90% of your calories from fat. So it's low protein, you know, RDA level at best, and virtually zero carbohydrates. And then uh, people in the performance world, namely bodybuilders and, and the physique culture, started doing that but adding more protein because, of course, they were worried about uh, muscle gain and muscle loss, so they added protein. That effectively can take you out of keto or at least puts you in the, the very slim margins of keto and non-keto in and out of your meal cycles. But uh, then we've had other people even bring in different forms to make it more palatable. So there are people starting in the 1980s who said, well, we're going to be keto, but then on the weekends you eat whatever you want. So you're just going to binge like a fiend on the weekends and we'll still call it keto or uh, <laughs> Once or twice a week, you just have this great big gigantic bowl of oatmeal. So you're keto plus one or two meals a week like that. And so th there have been attempts to at least make it more functional, more practical, more livable. But to be in an adapted keto state, you simply cannot do that. That is not keto. That's some form of a modified keto approach. Understood. So true keto, is there like a threshold for how many carbs you can only have a day, like as far as like grams, I know that varies on the individual, but in general, um, is there a set point just to give people context who think they're doing keto or considering it just to give them like a real dose of what it takes to be pure keto? Yeah, the basic premise is, is to keep your body in a state of ketosis, which can really only effectively be monitored with blood work. And uh, there, there are urine strips that can give you at least some guidelines to tell you whether you're in trace or moderate or, or severe ketosis. Uh, that's not quite as objective as I think most people would want to be if you're doing this for a, a true health reason. But, you know, I'm going to always tip my hat to Dr. Dominique D'Agostino, who is one of the, the current leading researchers on keto. And Dr. Volick and other people have, have done a lot of research as well. Uh, but he's a guy who, you know, I think he has even modified his approach a little bit to make it more practical. But when he's prescribing this for a medical reason and doing research, uh, he would say a couple meals a day where you have some fibrous carbs are okay. You need them for GI health and so forth. But, you know, that's, that's pretty much the limit. You're not getting any starch or sugar. You're just getting a couple meals uh, that have some fibrous carbohydrate vegetable form and the rest is very, very high fat. And as I said, if you're going to be true keto, you even have to make sure your protein is not that excessive. Otherwise, your body turns that excess protein into glucose, and it can pull you out of that keto-adapted state. So just as far as like a contextual example for like carbs and grams for those who are new to macros and just diet in general, um, about two cups of green beans gives you roughly 10 grams of carbs. But one Thomas's English muffin, depending on the flavor, gives you around 30 grams of carbs. So for someone in keto, is there like a threshold for how many grams of carbs you want to stay under, like 50 grams, or how, where is like where a general limit for that? I've heard most people who are doing true keto, as I said, a keto fundamentalist, would say anywhere between about 25 and 50 uh, probably a little bit on the downside of that. 
But here, here's the interesting thing. You know, I, I wanted to frame this in a way that people understand that, that the true medical uh, basis for a ketogenic diet and then how culture has changed it over time and get to the point where most dieters looking at this will do some form of a modified keto where either intentionally they have that higher carb meal so they're never getting truly keto adapted uh, or they just have these breaks where they don't necessarily intend to do it but they they binge or they have some carbs once in a while and then they say well I'll start again tomorrow that can still be an effective weight loss strategy it's just a lot of suffering and probably a, a lot of uh, health impediments in terms of your metabolic suppression probably you are sacrificing some lean body mass you're certainly affecting your mood and your cognitive function uh, but if somebody's going to do keto i first give them definitions like this and i would say okay what you're really talking about is a modified low carb diet you just want to reduce carbs manage carbs maybe even reduce them as low as you possibly can but let's not call that keto because it's not that that's really my only framing nuance to this understood understood um, now, with that, a lot of times, if you are doing keto or, or trying to get pure keto, there are some potential health risks to that. Um, one of the more famous ones being the keto flu. Is that just due to kind of a keto acidotic environment that you force your body into? Yes. Yeah, so if you want to just touch on that and just, I guess, kind of if you're going to transition to that, some things to expect. Um, and then also, I think a, a big topic is, is from my perspective is practicality. So eating out, social events, how that will impact your social networkings. So when you reduce carbohydrates to near nothing, you probably are changing the pH balance in your body a little bit and you're becoming more acidic. So, I mean, there is rapid fat loss and that's why this is attractive. If, if you just immediately stop eating carbs, you force this rule on yourself because you're not going to overeat much fat or protein. You're just not going to crave it. You can only eat so much of that. So as you're choking down your second chicken breast, you know, you're going to very quickly decide this, I'd just rather not eat. And so people who do a very low carb diet end up just eating lower calories. That's the, that's the whole name of the game. And because they've given themselves such strict, rigid rules that I just will not eat starchy or sugary carbohydrate, that creates that exceedingly higher calorie deficit than they normally would be in. And so you're now missing things like a lot of fruit and vegetables that could improve your pH. You're burning through a lot more carbon dioxide with the fat loss. And so you, you create this acidic environment that can overload your system a little bit. It's, it's almost like if you went out and started running suicide sprints, it wouldn't take long until you felt nauseous. That's, that's what you're talking about with that acidosis. Um, I don't think many people really feel that low. If, if there's any kind of malaise or just lethargy they feel, it's just because they're not getting enough of the carbohydrates and they haven't keto adapted yet. Understood. So with that, most people who are going the keto route, it's not true keto, it's just lower carb. Um, with that being said, are there anything, because a lot of times this is a, a new venture for some people because there's so much uh, media and press about the fat loss that's very effective, but uh, they're looking to really take that to the next level. So as far as energy levels and things like that, shifting away from true keto to really a keto modified lower carb, 
Are there things that people should be aware of as far as energy, mental focus, things like that? Um, when you drop carbs, what can be expected? Yeah, you're just going to feel lousy. I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, a, a lot of people listening to this may know Paul Ravella, who is a good friend of mine and one of the top coaches in the physique sports industry. And he wanted my help this year. So he hired me to get him ready for the Yorton Cup. And he wants to have just a, his best year ever competing. And I said, well, let's, let's take an entire year. Let's go very slowly. I definitely want to save enough time at the end of this process so we can rebuild your food intake up to maintenance level so you're not in that catabolic environment. And he has lost 25 to 30 pounds. He's a big guy, 6'2", 6'3", started out in the 220s. Now he's near 195. And for most of the year, we never went lower than 300 grams of carbs. And, uh, so, you know, he would say after three months, six months, nine months, my gosh, I feel amazing. I don't feel like I'm dieting and he's, he's down under 4% body fat. And that was taking a moderate approach where again, it's all about calorie deficits as the foundational step. But then when we got closer to the contests, uh, you know, he needed to get that extra little bit, had to go from 5% down into the threes and really look competitive. So we dropped down to the 200 range, 250. Now for the last couple of weeks, he's even been as low as 150. And now he's coming back up, you know, during, as he's, he's moving back up toward the shows, his carbon takes going to be back up into that 300 range. So here's my question to you, Adam, or just illustration to point out, he could have been on zero carbs, sacrificing metabolic capacity, sacrificing lean body mass feeling lousy, just absolutely feeling horrible all year. Instead, he has felt amazing in his words, and he's saved all of that muscle. He, he looks twice as big as he's ever looked for a contest. I don't know if you've seen photos, but he just looks unbelievable. He's leaner than ever. He's bigger than ever. And now he's even eating his way up toward the contest. So that is the truest win in my mind, winning on all levels. Mm. And if you just transfer that over to anybody in the general population who has simple weight management goals or wants to live their healthiest life, you can get the best of all worlds by managing things from that perspective, understanding how each macronutrient is necessary, how they affect you, and then you competently manage those variables instead of just grabbing a fad diet off the shelf and saying, well, I'll try this this time. Let's just throw out all fats or let's throw out all carbs or let's do this crazy time-restricted thing. Anytime you put those rigid boundaries on, there is a cost. You're taking one extreme point and there's going to be a cost on the other end. Absolutely. And I think um, the trap that a lot of us fall into, and I did this too back when I got into this realm years ago, was the belief that if I want extreme results, I'll have to make extreme sacrifices being, I have to, you know, no carbs, super strict, all this stuff devoid of flexibility whatsoever. I have to suffer if I want to get the real results. So I think that might be part of what is alluring is that's a belief that a lot of us have is we want these great results. So we have to make these extreme sacrifices but it doesn't have to be that way is what you're saying. That is a tremendous point. And even the person who doesn't know anything about nutrition or dieting, 
I think you're exactly right, Adam. I think they look at this goal. You know, I have to lose weight, and those crazy healthy you know people who do this stuff for a living. You know, I see on Facebook or whatever them eating no carbs or doing these things, and yeah, they they get caught up in that mindset that it's just going to be the hardest thing they've ever done in their life, and and it's going to be painful, and they expect that, and that's just not the case. And you're saying the solution to that is is really simple, and simple isn't easy. Uh, Dr. Corey Probst and I talked about that on a previous podcast, but the simple is consistency. So really being consistent with what your plan is, regardless of what that is. And one of the questions I had for you was, you know, if you're considering keto, is it right for you? Do you want to do it? Um, just listening to what you said, my answer would be no, <laughs> but because, you know, bread and pasta is life. But looking at, you know, the consistency, what can you be consistent with that you can enjoy and follow through? And just looking at, you talked about case studies, looking at uh, Paul that you've been coaching through the biggest contest, for those of you not familiar, uh, the Orton Cup is the biggest contest in drug-free bodybuilding. It's like the Olympia of drug-free bodybuilding world. It's, it's highly prestigious, the best in the world, not only genetics, but paired with hard work, years and years and years of dedication. So taking someone at that elite level, not having to suffer, but actually enjoying that process through the principles of consistency and just really honing in on what's simple and just following through with that, I think is, is one of the key concepts to consider when it comes to your goal in nutrition and fitness. Yeah, and, and I'll give you another case study. Uh, Lane Norton, Dr. Lane Norton's father, wanted to lose weight. And Lane is another uh, nutrition consultant who has a PhD in nutritional biochemistry so it's, it's funny to me that instead of asking his son to help him, you know, he just decides, oh, it'll be easier. I'll just do a ketogenic diet. So his dad loses 30 pounds on a keto, and then he gains instantly 50 pounds back. So loses 30, gains 50. Now he's working with Lane on a more manageable, as you said, consistent diet. Instead of extreme, look at practical and consistent. And now he feels better, and, and he's going to have a, a much greater chance of sustainable weight loss. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad that he's found a way to not only achieve his goals, but do it in a way that you can actually enjoy. Because if you achieve the goal, but don't enjoy it, like what's the point? It is a huge issue. And that's what makes people crack is that convenience. Imagine the dieter who is on, you know, supposed to be on zero carbs. And then they go to a birthday party or they go out to dinner with their spouse and they bring bread to the table. And, you know, if you're willing to eat that way and always say no, Think of how you could transfer that consistency to just adding some flexibility. You know, when you have the, the approach that you're going to have some carbs, some fat, and it's just a matter of keeping all of those variables in the places you want them to be, you're taking an ownership role in managing your nutrition, you just have a, a way easier chance to not rebound. That's why. Uh, multiple, multiple studies have shown that a ketogenic or low-carb diet is the least sustainable, absolutely studied to be the least sustainable. Uh, people stay on it for the least amount of time, and they rebound into higher weight gain afterwards. That puts ketogenic or low-carb dieting at the very bottom of the barrel in terms of options for weight loss. Wow. It's not just how people feel, but what the research says, like what's the outcome? 
Um, we talked a lot about, you know, wanting to sacrifice or feeling that we have to sacrifice to get the result. But even when you do that, the results are still inferior. Yeah. A couple of years ago, I was writing a series of articles for the Huffington Post and I ran across a meta-analysis that the Journal of Medical Association uh, has done, the JAMA, and uh, they looked at 59 diets, meta-analysis, and they ranked them from best to worst out of these 59 approaches, which I didn't even know there were 59 diets out there that you could name. <laughs> and uh, a, a lower-carb or ketogenic diet did not even show up in the top 59. And the reason was, was their ranking, their primary priority was sustainability. And so a low carb diet does not even register on the top 59 for that. Wow. I think that says it all right there. JAMA speaks volumes. So <laughs> absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing all about keto. And if you, the listener have been considering it or you've tried it before, or you're not sure of what the next step is. Um, Dr. Joe is a phenomenal resource to answer those questions, not only through this podcast, but through his company that I've been a part of, um, the Diet Doc LLC, which has been around, is it 25 years now? Officially, my work began 25 years ago, but as a company, we started about 20 years ago. And it's been growing ever since because it really helps people implement that concept of structured flexibility, of not having to be rigid and be an outcast in social settings. And the resources that he has put out for free are really tremendous. Um, he has a podcast, which I subscribe and listen to every single one. I think you guys are episode 80. 80? Yeah, we're, we're cruising up there. So the Diet Doc Lifestyle Mastery Podcast, um, they have a phenomenal YouTube channel with tremendous content. The website, thedietdoc.com, has, I believe, over 200 blogs, just so much content that's all evidence-based to help you guys really get the resources you need to live the life you want. And actually, I, I think I screwed that quote up. What do you have tattooed that you want to share with people like your whole life mantra? Because I think oh, this is a heavy story. Yeah, Henry David Thoreau, go confidently in the direction of your dreams, live the life you have imagined. I, I love both halves of that quote. And uh, yeah, live the life you have imagined. If, if you're so worried and constantly just a slave to dieting, you're going to miss a lot of stuff. I, I want my clients and people that come in contact with our content to get on a managed, understanding, healthy partnership with food so that they just don't have to think about it. That you, can, you can have what you said, uh, Adam, it's structured flexibility. It just becomes second nature. That is absolutely phenomenal. And you even have a tattoo of that, correct? I sure do. My, uh, my daughter and I share it. She has the first half on her arm and I have the second half on mine. That's so cool. I don't have time to work out. Eating healthy is not possible as a pharmacist. There's so many things to juggle. I just feel so stressed out. I can barely even keep it together. Guys, if this is you, I totally understand. I have been practicing pharmacist full-time for over seven years. I've been through the hurdles, living through the trenches, and through my time with that, have developed simple solutions to help empower you to not only fit in fitness, but nail your nutrition and master your mindset, empowering you to lead by example through living a healthy lifestyle. I put all these solutions in an easy-to-read, applicable, and simple guide for you to read in my new book, RxU. The Pharmacist's Guide for Managing Stress and Fitting in Fitness. 
If you haven't gotten your copy, check the show notes for a link so that you can get yours today and get started to dispense your full potential. Um, guys, Dr. Joe, like I said, has been a mentor of mine for many, many years. He has changed the lives of thousands, if not tens of thousands of people through his work in helping people live lives that they have always imagined and bringing that into their reality. Um, Dr. Joe, where can people best connect with you online? If you go to thedietdoc.com, that's our main site. And my email address is, is always a good uh, place. It's dr.joe, so Dr. Joe at thedietdoc.com. And also, guys, his podcast, uh, the Diet Doc Lifestyle Mastery Podcast, he brings on phenomenal guests along with Dr. Corey Probst on there, giving you really great value in the nutrition and fitness space and entrepreneur business space as well, um, not to mention the YouTube channel and everything else that he's doing to serve really the world in transforming how they change their relationship with food from a slave approach to an empowered approach. Um, me being one of them, I started off in the clean eating space of, you know, I have to be strict and make sacrifices to get extreme results. And I lived that way and it was not enjoyable. And then I came across Dr. Joe, his whole concept of flexible dieting and structured flexibility has changed my life, not only in nutrition and fitness, uh, but in life overall. So I am forever indebted to you, my friend, for having such a tremendous impact in all that I do and aspire to become for my future. Well, I am so happy to know you and you contribute a lot to not only us as a company, but your patients. I can't imagine how great it is to have you as a pharmacist, uh, but you are changing the world, uh, your industry. I, I know in a couple decades, people are gonna look back and say that was a dude who made a massive impact in pharmacy. So I'm looking forward to some great things from you. Thank you so much, Dr. Joe. I really appreciate that. That's, that's very humbling. So uh, um, it's awesome to have you on the podcast and then just talking about our passions and sharing that with others. That's, that's what we're here to do and, and it's an honor to do it with you. So likewise, man, thank you. This is Dr. Adam Martin signing off with Dr. Joe Klimzeski of the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Go forth and dispense your full potential. All right, Fit Farm fam, until next time, I am out of here. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the show. If you are new to the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. Your time is invaluable, and I sincerely appreciate you sharing it here. Most importantly, hit that subscribe button so you get a fresh new podcast episode every single week. Also, please leave a rating and review for the show. I sincerely hope that you got at least one golden nugget of knowledge from this episode. If you did, please share this with one person who you can help dispense their full potential. That is how this community will grow organically. I don't ask for anything in return, so thank you for your action of support. This is Dr. Adam Martin with the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. Be great and dispense your full potential.